0: This episode is sponsored by Vorbos. Check them out in the description below. Guys, welcome to The Ground Floor, the podcast where we are successful people exactly how they did it. Our guest today uh, is very, very impressive. Uh, we have Levi Pastor, the founder of Sneaker Plug and now the newly formed Pastor & Co. And uh, I'm really excited for this episode. This came about in a really, really cool way. So I know your dad because I met him at the gym. Yeah. And, uh, and I would see his dad around the gym for like ages and we always chat at the gym and then one day we got talking and he was like oh what do you do and i was like oh i have a podcast And he's like oh what do you who do you interview and i was like oh I'm like business people And he's yeah, like yeah. you got to talk to my sons they run this really cool I didn't business know that. okay yeah 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 That's and so uh, and i was like and you know you meet a guy in the gym you don't really know what it's yeah, gonna be you know yeah. so uh, and then i met up with you and your brother soul who you also run the business with and uh and it's such an awesome story man and i think we should start by saying you're 21 yeah which is insane and obviously i know a bit about your background and like how you built it but for everyone listening at home
1: the first thing you started was sneaker plug so do you want to talk a little bit about what sneaker plug is well you say it's it's interesting that you say i'm 21 that i don't feel young because i started sneaker plug when i was when i was actually 13 when i was in school 13. so it feels like it's been a long time and you talk about my dad he's sort of he's like my biggest fan you know he's you know coming up to you in the gym and talking to you about our business but i feel like yeah he's i don't, so proud I don't feel of you. i don't feel young in the business yeah yeah and uh yeah, I started Sneaker Plug uh, when I was 13. Um Sneaker Plug is a is a company selling very rare, very exclusive footwear and hype, which is a massive massive industry. I'm sure a lot of the the viewers will be familiar with it because mm. it's it it's really blown up in the past few years. Mm. Um but when I was introduced to it uh in school, uh it wasn't it wasn't as big as it was or is now. You know, it wasn't it wasn't huge. Mm. And um it was just something I was I was just very passionate about very very interested in how do you even get into that because we talked about this before but it's like I don't understand how
0: as you said there's so much hype around it and it can be really hard to get these sneakers so how did you even get into that
1: well I found myself I I I didn't like school that much school wasn't it it, it it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't particularly for me it I say I didn't like it I liked I liked the social part of school yeah I liked talking to people, I liked learning about things I was interested in, but I'm a bit weird in the sense that if, not, if I'm not interested in something, I can't excel at it, you know, I can't, I, I don't want to do it, I can't, I find it hard to sit down and, you know, revise or read books I'm not interested in, if I'm interested in it, I can do it all day, but I found myself in school, you know, you know, getting in trouble for, for being a bit different, or, you know, not doing what I was supposed to do or what they thought I was supposed to do. And it frustrated me a lot. So it it happened naturally, to be honest, that I got introduced to Sneaker Plug. It wasn't like I really ever thought towards the future until I was just interested in fashion. And it's interesting because my parents have been in the fashion industry for the past 30 years. Wow. What, but kind, they, of, what kind of fashion? So my parents own a uh, fashion logistics company. Okay and they um their clients are some of the biggest PRs and uh, fashion brands in London they work with the daily mail group vogue wow. uh grazia and many many big um PR and uh, magazine companies and fashion brands for people that don't know what is a fashion logistics company so they basically deal with so for example if a if a, a magazine or a newspaper uh, they have fashion sections in the in the newspaper or magazine and they'll do shoots but they need the clothes. They need, uh, you know, the uh, the the fashion pieces, the shoes, the jewelry, whatever, to make those shoes happen. So the brands need those magazines and those newspapers to promote their products. So they basically lend their products to magazines and and to newspapers to promote their brand. Right. So our parents deal with both the PR and the magazines or the brands and the magazines. So they all they basically. Um, sort out the logistics between the um the brand, the, the, brand the brand and shoe. the uh, and the shoe exactly yeah. <laughs> and so, they're they, they're very trusted within that industry because you know they deal with very expensive items mm, and sure. they're working with with huge companies mm. so when it comes to the sneaker side of it how did you get started with sneaker plug it's interesting because i don't really remember the day that i you know thought oh i'm gonna start a business or i'm gonna do this or that it, it sort of happened naturally. I used to skateboard around London with my friends. I was very interested in uh, very interested in uh, skateboarding and me and my friends used to skate around London and we got interested in uh, brands like Supreme and Palace and we used to uh, camp out, you know, 12, 13, yeah. 14 hours, you know, in the pouring rain blankets over us soaked uh, just to, Maybe get one piece. Yeah, can you tell me the? Can you? Because I I heard it before,
0: but I would love for you to tell that story at the time that you camped out for that thing and that you know. Yeah, I camped out for
1: the. Uh, well, actually, I, it's 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 quite a funny story because I got in in trouble at school. I got suspended from school, uh, and the week that I got suspended from school was the Supreme Louis Vuitton drop, which was a huge drop. Yeah, it was yeah, 2017. Yeah. I was, I think, fourteen. I, I was fourteen at the time. And I just was like, okay, I'm suspended. <laughs> I'm going to take advantage. Well, sure and, yeah. You know, because that's what I wanted to do though. I wanted, I was so interested in business and my parents, they never introduced me to, to business. They never forced me to do anything. I'm very lucky to have parents that never tried to push me in any direction. They just kind yeah. of let me be and trusted that I would, you know, take it into my own hands. You know, they didn't like that I got in trouble at school or that, you know, I wasn't, you know, Doing my revision and stuff like that, but they trusted me when I started a business. They didn't force me into it. Mm. So I got uh, suspended from school and there was a Supreme Louis Vuitton drop that week. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try and get the Supreme Louis Vuitton drop. And I went and it was just mayhem. There was about about a thousand people there in Strand. And we literally camped out for, I think it was 20, 24 hours, 25 hours. Okay. And, you know, when it got, someone got run over by a motorcycle because, you know, it was just mayhem in yeah, the streets yeah. and, Jeez. you know, ambulances and stuff like that. It was, it was a bit bit of a crazy environment because I was 14 at the time and I was around, you know, adults who, yeah. would, you know. Were your parents cool with you camping out outside a shop for 24 hours? I think, like I said, I'm very, I'm very lucky that they, they trusted me. Right. And it made me quite independent that right. they just trusted that I'd be safe. Of course, they were always like, are you safe? Be careful. But. They trusted that I knew what I was doing. Okay. So, but I also don't think they really knew or thought, you know, it would be dangerous. So you were outside- In some ways it it was. So you were
0: outside the store, basically, in a line, basically. Yeah, so they had a
1: pop-up. They did, so they used a space. Louis Vuitton used a space to sell the goods, like a a pop-up in Strand. Right. And it was just, on the day of the drop, I mean, it had been 20 hours or something like that. On the day of the drop, everyone was just like, it was like a free-for-all Really. and everyone was just like run to the queue, you know, push anyone who tries really? to get in front of you. And I was 14. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I was one of the first five or 10 people there and I got pushed to maybe 200. Are you really I was furious? Yeah. When that happened. Wait, yeah. so
0: you queued for like 24 hours or
1: whatever. And you're, you're right at the front of the queue and what yeah. people just came in and just shoved you out the are Just like someone, someone took his own list into his own hands. You know, someone who wanted to be at the front of the queue and he was like, I'm in charge of the list come here if you want to be on the list and everyone just went to him oh so i just got pushed to the back and then i got pushed further and further and further i would be fuming yeah Yeah, but i was i was 14 at the time yeah yeah. yeah. so i wasn't and i'm not i wouldn't you know it's it was important to me but it's not more important than you know pushing someone out the way or hurting someone it's never that important yeah were you 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 going there purely to actually pick up something
2: to resell it or was it for personal use or like what was the
1: Well, because actually the reason, the main reason I started the business, it comes back to me now that I would ask my parents for, you know, the latest Yeezy or this or that. And they'd be like, no, why would would we get that for you? So I'd be like, I'm a very persistent person. If I want something, I won't stop until I get it. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to take this into my own hands. So I started off with £200. This was before the Supreme Louis Vuitton drop and bought two pairs of shoes from Selfridges. Uh, from a drop queued up for a couple of hours for these Adidas NMDs. And one of them I made no money on. The other one I made maybe 50 pounds on, 100 pounds on, shipped to a client in Singapore. And I used that profit to buy the next pair of shoes and the next pair of shoes. And then, you know, I treat myself to this hoodie or those yeah, pairs of yeah, yeah. shoes. And then when I ran out of money, I was like, okay, I have to sell my own clothes now, I have to sell these shoes I've worn. right But, you know, I'd wear the shoes and I'd still make a profit on them, even though they were used. So with the Louis, with the Louis Vuitton drop, so what happened? You got pushed further and further back in the queue. Yeah, and then what happened? And then eventually, when I got to the front, the most exclusive products were sold out. Mm. So I couldn't get the you know the leather. Um, they had a leather varsity jacket, a leather baseball jacket. You know, certain they had a uh, a Christopher backpack, uh, a keyboard a leather keepall. Those are the most valuable products to get, and I couldn't get those. So I just got what I could. Okay, mm. but. I wasn't too I was upset at the time when I got pushed back but I was once I was in I was I was just happy that I, yeah, I got anything. Right.
2: Did you know you were going to make money then on pretty much anything you picked up?
1: On the Louis Vuitton drop I did. Okay. Yeah. I knew I would I knew I'd make money on anything I got. And how does it work by the way? Sorry, just
0: to cut you off but with stuff like that leather that that leatherman jacket for example, how much would would that have been
1: roughly for you to buy? To buy it it was such a long time ago now but it would have been a, probably about it would have been a few grand. And what, at least a few grand yeah. to buy it. And then you okay. would have made a few grand profit. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. Yeah. But the margins are that
0: good? Like, Well, there were
1: certain products I also couldn't get because I just didn't have the money. Sure. So I, I couldn't even afford it to get it for retail. Right. So right. even if I wanted to get certain products from the drop, you know, they had a they had a massive trunk. They had a skateboard and they had some crazy products. And I wouldn't have been able to get it. So yeah, I just yeah. got what I could. Right. I, got the, I got the t-shirt. I got the crew neck. And I got a hat. And that's right. all I could get. for people listening then because I think
0: there's going to be so many kids that are genuinely this is such a hot niche like among like your generation of like you know buying sneakers and flipping them and stuff like that Um, for people that are wondering when you talked about for example the Adidas drop I wouldn't even begin to know where you find drops for example so where does someone if they want to start flipping sneakers where do they even go to find these
1: drops well it's interesting because from when I started which was now maybe, maybe it must have been seven or eight years now it's so different at the time you could camp out and you could you know if you queued up you'd get something but it just got bigger and bigger and more crazy and more crazy and people would fight at the drops and you know eventually i stopped camping out because i'd camp out for 12 hours 13 Mm. hours with my friends and you'd get adults coming in and just skip the queue and they'd pay the manager or something like that and they'd get the shoes and we'd get nothing Mm. so i decided enough of this it turned into raffles um and now it's there's people get products with bots um there are still raffles as well S- some people queue out uh in uh the states but it's become very 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 difficult right to be honest it's that's not to say that you can't get involved in the business and you can't make money from it because i've now met a lot of kids you know 13 14 years old like i was at the time who are doing the same thing and it's i completely encourage it yeah because it's I would completely encourage going out and you know making some money for yourself. That's your money. That's mm. the money that you earned, and then you you value that money more. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's much harder than it's ever been. That's so, for sure. So but how with does, persistence, you you can you, you can, can get it. Yeah.
2: How I mean how does someone get into it then? You say it's a lot harder now than it than it was. So what would be your advice to someone who does want to go into it?
1: Um my advice would be to first be interested in it build your knowledge of fashion and build your knowledge of of the brands that you're interested in or the brands that you're interested in getting. Network, go to uh, events, uh, go to stores, speak to people, create contacts, because I think that's the most important thing in business in general, but especially in this business, especially in the business of fashion, is creating contacts with people. That's what I did. I would go to the stores, I'd go to Louis Vuitton, I'd make friends with them, you know, I'd maybe buy a bracelet or buy this or buy that first and then you know, have their WhatsApp number and talk to them more and then they'd offer me certain products. This and now like I, the
0: store manager or something. Yeah. Right.
1: Now I think it's really about relationships. Okay. Yeah. And also persistence, which is, it's it's so vague, but I have to be vague because you're going to miss out on drops. You're going to miss out on, on certain products that you want to get, just like I did. But if you keep persisting and you keep building your contra- uh, contacts and you're super interested in it, mm. you will get stuff. So is that how you hear about drops? By just, you make friends with,
0: you know, the guy who's running the, I don't know, strand branch of, let's say, Louis Vuitton, and then you hope that when something's coming, he'll WhatsApp you and be like, yo, I've got this thing that's coming next week.
1: Well, there's drops and then there's exclusive items, for example, from Hermes or Louis Vuitton that they'll offer exclusively to VIP clients. And that's where it's really, really valuable building those contacts and building those relationships with people within the brands. Because not only is it exciting, not only do you build your knowledge for the brand and love for the brand and you create friends and and contacts, but you also get offered products that no one else is getting offered. You know, there's a, I could use an example, there's a brand called Chrome Hearts and they don't operate with seasons like most brands do. They drop clothes whenever and they don't, they don't, you know, put stuff on their website. You have to go to the store, you have to speak to them. You have to buy some products first that may be less exclusive and then they offer you the customs and you know the very rare accessories and that's
0: kind of like what you were telling me about with uh, watches you were saying yeah that the other day. it is yeah. it is
1: similar with watches to yeah. be honest that's that's how we created our our our, our um networking within the yeah. the watch industry was just by having a love for timepieces and going to the stores and creating relationships and really really having a love love for it
2: so do you sell watches now as well then yeah we do Oh, cool. Like high-end luxury watches only?
1: High-end luxury watches. To be honest, we could have a client that asks us for anything from, you know, the lower end of, you know, maybe a Tag or I say lower end, to uh, all the way up to maybe a Richard Mill or a Jacob & Co watch, you know. uh, But that's the interesting thing about sneakers. And the interesting thing about fashion is that it's so linked to other things. I really think that... Fashion is influenced by art and is influenced by music and is influenced by sports. I think they're all influenced by each other in mm. some way. And this that's the same way that each category of fashion, for example, sneakers, that could lead you onto watches, it can lead mm. you onto, you know, cars like it's led us onto and, you know, jewellery and mm. luxury luxury brands, luxury handbags, travel accessories, stuff mm. like that.
2: How do these brands actually feel about you? reselling their stuff because i know that some of them are quite worried about their reputation being tarnished with people that they don't necessarily want being associated with the brand and i know that a lot of especially car companies as well are very selective about who they actually sell to Mm. watches as well if they catch you reselling a watch they'll never sell to you again retail at least anyway is that a thing really yeah yeah so if i if i bought a watch from ap and then i sold it they track it and they'd be like right we're not selling your watch anymore wow because otherwise they just get anyone coming in to to buy it
1: it's interesting because some I, I I know that it benefits the brands because otherwise the brands wouldn't release products that are super mm. limited. I think, well, most of us want what we can't have, right? If if I could just go in and get any AP, it wouldn't be as exciting. If I could just go in and get any sneaker, it wouldn't be yeah. as exciting. And that really, really applies to to, to the watch uh, uh, business yeah. and the watch world and the, the fashion world. People want what they can't have. So, the brands know this and for that reason, they release products that are super exclusive. They want hype for the brands. They want people to want their products. They want to make it difficult for people to get their products because they they want the products more. Mm. So, it's sort of like, it's something that it's not really... It, there there is this idea that it's that reselling is a bad thing but everything's resold if i go into a supermarket and buy an apple mm. that's been resold you know this cup is, has been resold you know someone has manufactured it and then resold it and then yeah. resold it again it's the same same applies to watches same applies to to shoes the same applies to vehicles mm. um i think if they didn't want people to resell the products they wouldn't make them so exclusive mm. so it's sort of like a secret they know that people resell the products. They say they don't like it, but they continue to release the products in such exclusive numbers, which encourages resale.
2: So is the idea then that you would get barred for reselling Mm. a retail watch, for example, is that a myth or does that actually happen? It's
1: not a myth, but it definitely varies. It definitely depends on the company that you're buying from. Some companies, no company will openly say, we're okay with resellers, you know, it's okay, resell our products. But they know that, you know people resell their products they know it's good for the brand. Mm. other brands will be quite open and quite you know vocal on the fact that they don't want you to resell their products yeah um but they know it's it's never going to stop right you know so one thing i want to touch
0: on that is really cool is that you were at one stage supplying uh sneakers for a lot of famous rappers which is sick And I think a lot of people are going to want to hear about that. So can you touch on how that got started and, and who you worked with and some stories from that?
1: Well, the way it started was at the age of 14, I was very naturally uh, out of nowhere introduced to an upcoming rapper at the time. He was 19 years old. He was he was a kid himself. In the uh, UK or in the US? In the UK. His name was Notes. Oh, okay, right, yeah. yeah. How and, did you mean Notes? And that happened really naturally, as I, as, as I said. You know, I was actually selling some... Um, some wireless tickets online that i can i couldn't go there anymore so i was selling some wireless tickets online and a close friend of his messaged me for the tickets and somehow in the conversation he mentioned the fact that he knew notes and i just was building the business at the time you know it was very very small i was just passionate about what i was doing and i always looked up to this uh, other young reseller called benjamin kicks heard of him yeah and I really looked up to him at the time and I, you know, saw him selling to rappers in the US and he was doing really, really well. And I always wanted to do something like that, but I never knew how I could get into it.
0: Was Notes big at this at this
1: point? He had dropped... Um, Addison Lee? Addison Lee and he had dropped Aladdin. Right, okay. okay. So, so yeah, he was. He, <laughs> he, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, those two songs, songs yeah, were really yeah. big and, and yeah. if you knew about UK rap, you you knew who Notes was. Yeah. But he, as I said, he was a kid at the time. He was just building his career. So it really happened at the right time for me. Uh, And I was very lucky, to be honest, because his friend was so chilled. And I asked him if he could introduce me to notes and he could show notes my business. And he was like, of course. And then the next day I get a DM from notes and I just start talking to him. Wow. And really, I think it comes from the fact that I was passionate about what I was doing. That I started building a relationship with him that I was... Just sending him products, and I was just like, "Have a look at these, you know. Anything you need, just let me know, and and I'll look after you." And he bought a pair of Air Maxes. I jumped on the train, uh, went to Tiny Tempest Studio in Greenwich to go and meet him, Damn. and I was super nervous. So I was yeah, like, man. "It was the first, you know, celebrity I was selling to." And how old I, were you at this point? Sorry. I was fourteen. <laughs> so I, 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 I know, know dude. A, is it? I told you, yeah. it's insane. It was, it was great. Okay. It's, it's interesting to to think back on it because. You know, when you're a kid, you just do things. You don't really think. But then when you look back on it, you're like, no, oh, that's 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 incredible. It's mm. it's crazy how how it's, it's sort of you know. I think you attract things in life, but sometimes you get lucky, mm. right? And I definitely took advantage of that at the time, and uh, I was very lucky that Notes was so chilled, and he was, you know, as I said, a kid himself, and he was just like, yeah, sure, come along. And I and I come to the studio and holding a pair of these shoes, and they were just so excited by the fact that I was young and. I was there in the studio, and it was it was kind of exciting for him at the time too. I think because he was still growing as an artist, mm. he was still building his career. So I think it was quite cool that he had someone paying that much attention to him and someone that really wanted to was really interested in his individual style. Because for music artists, their uh, their style and their appearance is is re- is really part mm. of who they are. It's mm. really important, and that's how it started. That's how uh, working with celebrities started at the age of fourteen. In a um, tiny tempers studio in Greenwich.
0: And so was it a thing where you rocked up and you gave him the kicks, and then he's like, "Oh, thanks," and he's like, "Feel free to like just chill and hang out." For
1: yeah, a it was it was it was interesting because his team was so welcoming. He was so welcoming. I I rocked up and we went to the ATM. And he went to g- uh, give me the cash, and he was like, "Oh, do you want to stay and just chill with us?" So I found myself in the studio just sitting there <laughs> so listening sick. to his new songs that he hadn't dropped yet, Drop and I was file. just in awe. Yeah, I yeah. was like, "He's such a cool guy. He's so he's so relaxed." He was so honest and he was so welcoming. His team was so welcoming to me at the time. And from there on, we kind of built a friendship. So it kind of reminded me of the Benjamin Kicks, DJ Khaled relationship that uh, Benjamin Kicks had with DJ Khaled. I sort of felt like the UK version of Benjamin Kicks with Notes who was coming up at the time. So as his career was blossoming and as he was growing as an artist, he sort of brought me on that journey with him. Mm. So... I met him again. We'd be in the studio till six in the morning. I'd be hearing his his unreleased tracks and then I'd be meeting other artists who was coming. Okay. You know, they were coming into the studio and he'd be introducing me. And we built a friendship. We went on tour together. Um, oh, wow. You went know, on tour with notes? Went on tour, went to uh, Birmingham. Uh, we walked into the ball ring in Birmingham and just, he started getting swarmed. Just swarmed with people. I remember like it was yesterday, just getting swarmed with people. And he was, he was, he was just building his career at the time. Mm. We went to, uh, to Bristol and his finale in uh, London on his birthday. This was in 2018. And then he started introducing me to Tiny Temper and Fredo and NSG. So as they were building their careers too, or as mm. they started to get bigger, they were supporting me and helping me build my business. So that's how uh, the relationship with celebrities started. That's, that's insane.
2: Crazy. How much of an impact did that have on the business?
1: A massive impact massive impact because I think building a business is really about persistence it's, especially
0: a business like that is so yeah can it's like hype stuff right? yeah so and a business
1: that a lot of people want to be involved in yeah especially now mm. but at the time it was it, it was huge as well at the time mm. and a lot of people wanted to be involved in the business so I knew that I could be different to competitors but how could I prove that to people who are following my business how mm. could I prove that to people who are interested in what I'm doing and Working with celebrities really helped us, you know, solidify that and and prove that we were different from other people because mm. we were really passionate about what we mm. were doing. So working with celebrities allowed us to sort of blossom as a business a bit, and we started influencing the celebrities too. And in turn, their celebrities' influence they influenced their fans. And I know
0: that at some point you went over to the US. We did, and you started kicking it with like big US rappers. Yeah, can you so, touch on that?
1: So uh, in 2019 young thug and gunner and juice world came to london for wireless mm. and we got in touch with young thugs um a close friend of young thugs who's part of his team and we were like anything you guys need again how, how does
0: some, how does something like that happen how do you get in touch i mean i feel like most people are like, how do you even begin to get close just to on like social media
1: social media is such a such a huge tool it's wow. it's, it's so important i think especially if, if you're growing a business and an e-commerce business like ours is yeah. When you're growing an e commerce business, social media is a really, really important tool to use so just we just messaged him and we were kind of like, "Let's see if it works and he mm-hmm. responded, and they were staying in London for a couple of days, and before we knew it we were we got invited to a studio in Camden, and we walk into the studio, and they weren't there yet because they were still finishing their set at wireless <laughs> and you know we're we're waiting in the studio we're with some of his friends who are already there. And, Young Thug and Gunner and Juice World walk into the studio.
0: Where you met Juice okay. World?
1: Yeah. And we were sat in the studio in London <sighs> yeah, listening yeah. to Juice World's unreleased music and Damn. sort of waiting for a chance to speak to them because they come in them. and they're doing their thing and, yeah. you know, making their music. And we're there with, you know, however many pairs of shoes just to show them, just to get a chance to speak to them. And eventually they walk into the room and Young Thug walks into the room first, Gunner walks into the room and then Juice World suddenly walks into the room as kind of having a look, like, what have you got there? Have you got anything in my size? And, you know, the real test was, they were like, okay, we're going to Belgium tomorrow. Can you get us this? 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 They asked for, I think, maybe 10 or 12 pairs of shoes. But we need it by tomorrow at 1 p.m.
0: At the the hotel. And we didn't have
1: any of the shoes. Okay. So we left the studio at 6 a.m., slept for maybe a couple of hours because we didn't want to leave the studio because that's part of the business is building yeah, the relationships with them, yeah, yeah. sitting with them, talking to them, you know. And we enjoyed that as well. So we left the studio at 6 a.m., slept for about two hours and then got going, smashing our suppliers, driving all around London, picking up all the pairs of shoes they needed. And somehow we did it. We hadn't eaten anything. Yeah, yeah. We were on two hours of sleep and we got everything for them and we went to the Rosewood near here, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, um, just carrying all these pairs of shoes and they were kind of like, okay. And we saw their okay. face. So they were kind of like, they were surprised that we did it. Mm. And I found myself in young thugs hotel suite, just in showing them the shoes. And yeah, they were yeah. kind of like, this is cool. Okay. That must've been a moment. <laughs> That's so That, that, that was really cool. Cause you know how things can change. You know, two days before that we were like, will his will his friend reply and yeah two days later we're in his hotel suite
0: and and i have to because i'm such a big fan <clears throat> i mean i'm a fan of all three of them but i'm a big fan of juice world and you know rest in peace to yeah. juice but um what was what was juice world like
1: he was very very relaxed he was a, he was actually a very very chilled nice guy he didn't speak too much i'm not sure if he was shy or he was just very creative and focused on what he was doing at the time when we met him mm. but He was making his music and he was very observant. He knew we were there, but he didn't say too much until he saw that we had the shoes. And something very interesting that happened was two days before that, we saw Juice in um, Selfridges. And he was in Louis Vuitton. And he was doing his shopping and I asked him for a photo. And he was like, oh, not right now, not right now, because he was doing his shopping. And me and my brother were buying a a Louis Vuitton bag, a a duffel bag at the time, a Virgil Abloh, one of Virgil's collections, um, and it was reserved for us. And Juice wanted the bag too, and so we got the bag. And I saw him having a look, and I heard him say, "Well, I'll take a photo if he lets me buy the bag." <laughs> <laughs> and then two days later, we're in the studio with him. So I was wondering, does he does he recognise us? Does he you know know who yeah. we are? Yeah. And he mentioned it. He was like, "Yeah, there were these two kids in the studio uh, in um, Selfridges the other day, and I was they were buying this this Louis bag, and I was thinking, man, I, I didn't let him take a photo, and I was thinking." You know, I'll let you. I'll let you take a photo if, if you let me buy the bag. And I was just, sort of sat there like, you know, that's us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that's but so it was jokes. it was interesting how you know. Two days later, we're in the studio with him, yeah. hearing his unreleased yeah, music, and crazy. you know, two days earlier, we're in Selfridge's kind of starstruck juice wars yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life's crazy like that.
0: And then you actually went over
1: to America. Yeah. So how did is. that? How did that happen? It happened because we. Our whole thing with, with working with the celebrities was, wasn't just about it wasn't just about making money from them. We really wanted to build relationships with them. We wanted to be around them. We wanted to be in that world. So when we were with the um, young Thug and Gunner at the Rosewoods, we, we said to them, we were like, we're going to come to LA. We're going to come on tour with you. Whatever you guys need, we're going to be there. And we'll go and get whatever you need. And we'll come and we'll be there for you. And we will be your sort of stylists on tour. And we're like, okay, okay, okay and they went off to LA and then a couple months later we were speaking to his friend and we're like we booked a flight we're coming he was like okay come on we flew to LA we didn't even think about it just went and we spent two months in LA with uh basically living with them we it, it, we weren't living with them but it felt like we were because yeah. we were in the studio every single day you know they live in the studio they spend all their time in the studio they're constantly creating music and 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 in that environment so mm. we found ourselves suddenly two months later in the studio in LA, you know, which is basically their home where mm. they spend all their time, you know, meeting Offset, meeting Trippy Reds. Wow. Travis Scott, Whoa. P&B Rock. You met Travis Scott? Yeah. What was Travis Scott like? Really, really swag, yeah. <laughs> R- really cool. Um, when you're in that environment and, and you're with them, it's a relaxed environment because yeah. they're comfortable and they know that you know them. Or you, or you know yeah. Travis, or you know uh, Young Felk, or you know Ghana, So they, they're more trusting with you, and they're more, they're more, um, willing like random random yeah, you willing to shake your hand. Better, basically. Yeah. You come into the room. And sp- they're, they're more relaxed. They're eating their food, and yeah. they were having. We had barbecues at the studio and cinema night at the studio, and so you will be we'd sitting in the studio playing NBA, yeah, yeah. playing playing FIFA or not FIFA, playing. I don't think they Madden, even play or FIFA. Or, you know GTA or whatever they yeah. were playing, yeah. and just listening to music. Did you sell sneakers to Travis Scott? No, I, didn't. You, I bet you. I wish it. I did. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna I say it did. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. You never know. That's
0: but, the, it, I, one thing I would think though is there not an element of like when you're out there, they must be like, "Listen, kid, we'll call you when we want the trainers, but you're not just gonna hang around with us 24. So like, what? As in, what are you doing that you're because you're just chilling there with them and they're like, "Look, you're cool, but we don't know you.
1: Like, we'll call you when we want sneakers or a jacket, but like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? That's that's what we would have thought too. But when we got there, and we we're quite persistent. We 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 persisted and we showed them that we could do what we were saying we could do. And they kind of accepted us. They didn't really tell us to leave mm. at all. You know, there was one, one evening when Young Thug, he walked into the main room of the studio because, you know, there's different studio rooms. There's a courtyard and stuff like that. They, they have hangout rooms and stuff. Yeah. And I was just asleep on the sofa. I, I'd fallen asleep. I was so exhausted because we were working so hard every single day. What were you doing when you say working hard every day? Because aren't all your contacts in the UK? Like, how are you even getting stuff? We were building early? contacts in the US. Right, that's what okay. we were doing. And we were in LA, and we were going out and driving all around LA. We rented rented a car, and we were just driving all around LA and yeah. and meeting up with with suppliers in LA and built just just like we did in the UK. Wow. Built building our, our 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 supply list there and building contacts there. So,
2: so are these like certain drops then that these rappers are asking for, or is it just like we want these kind of pair of shoes just from Nike or wherever? Can you just go out and get them for us, or is like are they hard to get? I Very think?
1: interesting point because they would ask for certain products, but we, like I said before, we would we would also influence them. Yeah. So we'd walk in with with you know a pair of, I walked in with a pair of um, Nike SB uh, Lobster Dunks. It's, uh, they're green and they're exclu- they were exclusive exclusive drop in uh, the concepts store and i'd walk in and offset would be like nice shoes man i like those or we'd walk in with you know a different pair of jordans or a different pair of yeezys or this or that and young thug would be like i like those get them for me and then young thug would come in wearing them and garner would say i want those Mm. so we were sort of influencing them as well so they would ask for products and sometimes they'd know what they want but we would go in and we'd show them photos and we'd be like hey check this out look there's this new drop and they'd be like okay i want that Damn. so they know what they want but they also like that
0: we're passionate about what we're doing
1: they like that no we're not just trying to make a sale we're we're really trying to pass on our love for what we
0: do to them so you said there was a time where you know you were on a on a couch and you were passed out because you were so exhausted
1: what were you going to say what was that story i was passed out on a couch and my brother was awake and young thug just walked in and he was like i think he asked where his sister was and he saw me asleep and he didn't mind he was just like, oh, okay, and just walked out. He didn't. He didn't mind that we were there. He was. He was very welcoming of us. Mm. You know, there was one one night where we just stood talking with him for twenty minutes about our business, wow. and he was like, come come And he walked me to, into the studio, and he was like, "Everyone, this is my sneaker blog." And I was like, you know, sixteen no, at the time, no. and I was just like, "Young thug just called me a sneaker blog." That yeah. is so sick. Dude. And then people were like, "Hey, come sit down. Come yeah, sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what you do." And. We'd sit down. and I'd be showing them the shoes, or I'd walk in with with a pair of you know a few shoe boxes and open them. And it was a very very chilled chilled environment, very very fun environment to be in. We'd go to uh, we'd go to music videos. He was um, working on his um, so much fun album at the time, mm. so we'd go to music uh, music videos and we'd be we'd be you know driving around L. A. in an entourage of you know ten cars. <sighs> Doug would be in, in front in his Maybach and. We'd be in the Cadillac behind. You'd be in the inner circle, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, it's sort That's of, so dope. it's sort of what you see it is is, is how it is. Yeah, you know, yeah. we'd stop off at the Seven Eleven at three or four in the morning and we'd just come with an entourage of cars and we'd all step out into Seven Eleven, just buying snacks and yeah, yeah. going back to the studio. You know, one, one day we were, we were in the studio and they left. And we just stayed chilling in the studio because some people would leave and some people would stay. And Young Thug went and we didn't know where he was and he went for hours. And he comes back, and everyone's like, what are you doing, Like, what? Wh- where have you been? And he comes back with a, a snake and a spider, a tarantula, and a, 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 I don't even know what snake it was, a huge snake. Yeah. And he just comes in with with this snake and spider, and he's like, these are my new pets. And, and he Casual. forced me to hold the, the tarantula in my hand. And I was just, like, I really don't want yeah, to do this. Yeah. They just, yeah. they're just having fun. They're, they're creative, right? It's part, it's part of the lifestyle. Yeah. It's, it's part of, it's part of the fun. Was there ever any like craziness or like
0: dangerous parts or anything like that?
1: Yeah, there, there, there always is, right? Because you're in that environment, you're in that world, and that, that's a tricky part of it because you're in, you're sort of in an unfamiliar world. You're in their world, and they live very differently to, to how we live. Our, our focus is business. Our focus is building the business, and you know, focusing on that part and. You know they're dealing with a lot of different things, and like people have seen in in the media, or people see stuff in the media and the news. It, it isn't all glamour. It isn't all perfect. Mm. You know, there's there's you know disagreements, and there's you know people a lot of different people coming into studio, a lot of different personalities. So there were definitely times where we'd have to sort of step back and and you know move away from certain situations and kind of let them do their thing because at the end yeah. of the day we were in their environment sure
2: so where did the business go then you were 16 at this point like where did you go from there what was the kind of the next step after dealing with a-listers like that
1: well that that's that such an interesting question because business can really bring you up but it can really bring you down at the same time and we learned a lot from selling to to the celebrities selling to the rappers we still have some very good relationships with uh, with rappers now. But it was a definitely a big high, mm. but a big low afterwards because we spent two months in LA and we were having an amazing time. And then COVID came and we went back to London. And we really had to sort of rethink what we were doing because the rappers weren't touring. They mm. weren't buying stuff. And we went back and kind of had to reset. And that's when we got int- uh, introduced to uh, the world of private clients, and we got introduced to uh, Farfetch, which mm-hmm. was a massive, massive next step for us. So, after sort of having this high of working with celebrities and rappers, the business really, really shifted, but in a really, really positive way. Yeah. With uh, working with Farfetch and, and being introduced to high spending, high net worth clients. A,
2: did, yeah, I was going to say, how did that come about? Yeah, with, with Farfetch.
1: It. This is this is uh, this is why I said before that networking connections are so 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 important for any young people that may be uh, uh watching this or anyone who wants to get involved in business in general I, I can't stress enough how important you know connections and networking has been for us and friendships and building relationships because someone who we had met who was working at matches fashion which is uh, similar to farfetch similar to neta porter it's a big online yeah. online and uh, luxury fashion platform And we met him a couple years prior to working with Farfetch when he was working for Matches Fashion. And we just built a relationship with him and, you know, had similar interests and, you know, he knew what we were doing and we were building credibility with our business working with rappers. And when he went to Farfetch, he, he recommended us to Farfetch and we had no idea. And we had a conversation with him about it, but nothing really happened until after COVID. And then randomly one day he was like, Farfetch want to they want to speak to you, they want to have sit down and have a meeting with you, and it couldn't have happened at a better time yeah, to be yeah. honest. For anyone yeah. listening, just to
0: clarify, do you want to clarify what Farfetch is.
1: Farfetch is one of the biggest online luxury platforms in the world. Uh, they work with different uh, brands uh, and stores and boutiques all around the world, um, selling the items on their platform. And they have uh, a they have a sort of sister company called fashion concierge which is specifically for their private clients and the high spending clients so if you spend a certain uh, amount of money with farfetch you are introduced to fashion concierge right uh where you have your own stylist and you get access to exclusive products and exclusive offers okay. and we were working with fashion concierge so in early 2021 the conversation started and we uh, signed a, a partnership with with a fashion concierge That's well, huge. yeah, which is under Farfetch so it's part of the yeah. Farfetch brand and so, yeah. that was massive for
0: us. Before the Farfetch situation were you basically running off like a Shopify store or something and then just listing things that you had or was it purely word of mouth or was it just like kind of you put up a picture on Instagram and then get someone's info and send them a Stripe link or a PayPal link like what were you what were you sort of operating on before?
1: We were running off a Shopify store we had uh, we had the, the sneaker plug website and uh, we had uh, clients from there as well, but we were very, very focused on the celebrities working with rappers. That was our core yeah. business, yeah. and it took so much of our time. That, and we enjoyed it so much So that that's what we focus on the most. Um, so that was our, the biggest part of our business, and that's why when COVID came, it was a real blow to us because we were a bit lost. We didn't know what to do, yeah. and that was off. That mm-hmm. was you know a really, really big challenge for us. I I like to say that you you never fail in business. You you just learn. I think you're not you're not defined by your failures you're you're sort of defined by how you bounce back from them. so if you you only fail if you don't learn from it and if you don't come back and you don't persist and you don't then grow from that so that's something very interesting that we've experienced in our, in our business and since i've started the business since the age of 13 now till 21 we've experienced many blows to the business but we've never given up we've always persisted and we've never stopped with the
0: um with the rapper side of it and you're you're selling the sneakers obviously when you're out there how do you make a sustainable kind of living off that because i mean how many trainers can you know four or five rappers really buy it sounds like a silly question but as in like you know when you're out there are you selling them like is thug buying like two three pairs of trainers a day is it like between them that you know you're selling maybe 20 in a month or and what kind of markups do you get like how much money are you making in that kind of time period
1: they were they were actually buying a lot really yeah they were buying a lot because it's as i said it's part it's part of the it's part of that image what is a lot it's really in that description well for example when we we're in london they ordered you know 10 12 pairs of shoes in in the space of a couple of hours wow you know so they were they were ordering a lot of shoes and every single day really or every every couple of days they'd be like okay i need this i need this jacket i need this pair of shoes oh actually my sister needs this can you get that for my sister or Goner do you want something or oh, juice do you want something? You know, that was that's kind of how it is right. You're not just selling to the rappers. You're also, you know, they have a team around them, too. They have family. They have friends so We, we were sort of it found ourselves in the studio not getting bombarded because we welcomed it. We loved it, but Not just Focusing on the rapper. We were also, you know, yeah, of course like what would you like? How can we help you? Yeah. Like what can we do for you? so it it took a lot of our time and and we were, we were doing very well. Um,
0: Are are these sneakers like, do they cost like what, like 500 bucks or are you talking like five grand or like what kind of, for the business side of it, how, how much money are you trying to make in that kind of period? Like how does that work?
1: Just really, we were just, we weren't, it's interesting. We weren't really focusing on how much, how much money can we make? We were more focusing on how can we build the relationships with them? We, we've always thought long-term. Yeah. Never short-term. So, sometimes we we wouldn't try and sell the most expensive pair of shoes it was like okay you want this 200 dollar pair of shoes that's okay okay you want the more expensive you know two grand pair of shoes that's okay but we were really focused on just building the relationships with them Hmm. so it was quite a difficult thing at the time because we're in a very very expensive city you know spending a lot of time there but also trying to build relationships with them rather than just selling everything we can and yeah. you know making as much money as we can. Yeah. We were making good money, but it was also very expensive to be there. Mm uh so that's why we eventually had to leave because it got Mm. it was too difficult to do
0: you know i think think that's a mistake a lot of businesses make they try and just push the highest ticket item on everyone they can just because their back gives them the highest margin and it's like you're absolutely right man and to have realized that so young is insane and it's so true it
1: never works because no no matter how wealthy you are you don't want to be ripped off you don't want to feel like you're used and we still have that same that same ethos today is building the relationships with our clients Just And we learned that with with celebrities, really. We learned about building relationships with people all the way down from when I was 13, 14 years old, building relationships with with people working in the Louis Vuitton store to building relationships with the rapper to now building relationships with high-spending VIP clients and every client around the world, to be honest, because everyone has a different taste. Everyone wants something different. Everyone has, you know, a certain budget or, you know, something they want at a certain time, it's not just about how much money can I make off someone. It's yeah, about yeah. building relationship with them. We sort of have that long-term mindset rather we, than let's just suck you yeah, know, as much money as we yeah. can out of someone because absolutely they'll never come back. When you talk
0: about getting ripped off though, that, that kind of brings me to another interesting question because I think like at this time, you know, you're 14 to 16 years old how did you ensure that you weren't getting ripped off by these rappers or by any random word of mouth clients or whoever you came across you know it's quite easy as a kid to to be taken advantage yeah. of how did you ensure that didn't happen
1: well it did it did happen right and so i was very lucky that i had my brother uh, come into the business because you know how old was your brother at that time Ah, uh, he was Well, how much older is he than you he's seven years older than me right okay so he used to be a, a footballer and then he had to stop playing football at the age of 21 because of an injury so he found himself a little bit a little bit lost, not sure what to do, because since he was four years old, his main focus was to be a footballer that's all he ever knew. Yeah. He played all around the world he played you know he played for q p r he played for Chelsea, he played for Fulham. Wow, he played in Brazil when he was sixteen years old. he went there on his own, he played in Hungary, he played for Inter Milan so he was like really good he was really good he was really good he was he was a he was a small right back, but a very good right back. Yeah, yeah. Right. He played with Raheem Sterling at QPR. Wow. Yeah, and um he was a really great footballer. But I think life has a plan for everyone. You yeah. know, of course we can work as hard as we can towards anything, but I think life puts us in, in in the right places at the right I time. Mm-hmm. I think everything happens it, for a reason. But
2: then actually when you're looking back and you see the story, yeah. you kind of think, oh yeah, that makes sense. The timing
1: and where, exactly. uh, everything for, makes for, sense. That's why I love business so much because yeah. it's taught me it's taught me to just trust the process. Work as hard as you can, have the right energy, you know, do the right thing and the right things will happen. The right things will come to you. And I think the same applies to my brother. Football just maybe wasn't meant for him because mm-hmm. if he hadn't come into the business, the business wouldn't... I have to be truthful with myself. The business wouldn't be where it is now without him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because we were
0: talking about this before we came into the studio outside and you, I was saying to you, I was asking you what the situation is with you and Sol, your brother, in terms of roles and responsibilities in the business. And you basically said the exact same thing that I always say about my relationship with, Oh, interesting I didn't yes know that. he said the okay. exact parallel thing he was like soul does all of the stuff that i can't do and yeah. i do all of the stuff that he does and he was like i do all like the kind of the creative like product facing stuff okay. and he does all the kind of operations like finance yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. and i was like dude you literally just described the entire relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean? that's crazy i
1: was very much uh, a, a 13 a creative 13 14 year old you know but i was just very much having fun and just you know thriving off the fact that wow i'm in this you know, really cool environment. I'm with rappers, I'm in the studio. Yeah,
0: you must have been like, that's a side note, you must have been like the coolest kid in school.
1: Like, you're hanging with like Notes and Fredo and stuff, like, and you're... I I probably seemed like the rebel, to be honest. I probably seemed like I was getting in trouble and sort of, you know, going on tour instead of, instead of you know, coming into school, you know. Yeah, (laughs) but that dude, everyone's like, dude, what happened to Levi? Apparently he's on tour with Notes. It was, it's interesting because it was really, you know, I I felt like the outsider a little bit, you know, I've, I've, I have amazing friends who support me and, uh, you know, I have an amazing family who supports me and I've always had support, but it's when you're doing something different. I think people, you know, sort of question that, especially when you're trying to build, build when I was trying to build the business, I had a, a lot of people who, you know, sort of took, took the mick out of me a bit yeah, and that, put me yeah. down a bit. And, you know, it was quite hard to, to block that noise out in school because I was like, am I doing something wrong? Mm. Even when I was around rappers, it was really cool. But it kind of put a bit more pressure on me. I was kind of like, okay, so what's next? How can I build now? I'm doing this, but I need to grow. So it was really cool. I'm not sure if I was the coolest kid in school. I mean, maybe it's know. hard. It's
0: hard to be cooler than the kid that's on tour with. Rappers. It was very. It, at 50. Yeah.
1: It was. It was very cool to be around rappers, but I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just. I was just so focused on what I was doing. I was so. I was so passionate about the business and so. Focused on building the relationships with the rappers mm. that I wasn't even thinking about being in the coolest yeah. kid. Of course, it's just where, like where like is, where that But it, but it, but it, was, it yeah. was cool. It was cool. It like, was very cool to be around them, and it was cool to to have my friends sort of be like, "Oh, you're doing this, you're doing yeah. that." I was like, "Oh yeah, maybe." I I never really stopped to think. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kept going. Before you get onto that though, I just want to
0: let you finish what you were going to say before about not getting ripped off and how Soul, uh, your brother, was a big part of yeah. that. Like when you were
1: younger. Well, like I said, uh, he he wanted to be a footballer. That was his focus his whole life. And if there's one thing that football really taught him was discipline and hard work. And I was very very passionate about what I was doing, but I was very excited. I was a kid and I was in that environment, and I wasn't thinking about the business aspect. I wasn't a, I wasn't thinking about the admin aspect, marketing, you know branding you know branding the, the the shoe boxes for example or you know pushing the, the business and uh, you know online for example i was just focused on what i was doing and he came into the business and he sort of made me much more disciplined made me much more aware of very very necessary important parts of business and he also really had my back I mean, my brother's like my best friend you know we i love that we you know mm-hmm. it's it's difficult at the same time because we're business partners and brothers. So sometimes we may not talk to each other like business partners do because we're brothers and, you know, we clash, but we're very, very lucky to, to have each other. Without him, the business would 100% would not be where it is. and mm. um, We need each other.
0: Like, How much does he sound like me? I know. True.
1: it's interesting you were telling me you know downstairs that you guys need each other and it's yeah it's, so, it's like looking in a mirror man it's so yeah.
0: funny you're literally like it's, it's like the spit of me in terms of like your approach and where your mind's at and how where, like how you came up and stuff it's and i was
1: lucky to be honest you know i i, I wish that he would have become a footballer that, that, that was his goal but it must have happened for a reason because mm. he came into the business at the right time when i needed him when i was going on tour with notes and yeah, yeah. i was dealing with more celebrities and it is difficult at the same time. It's not all, you know, glamour. It's not all It's not all perfect. You're also dealing with, you know, a lot of different personalities and you're, you're dealing with not just a celebrity, but you're dealing with management and you're dealing with friends and mm. you're dealing with people who may not really want you to be around and who, you know, people did take advantage of me at the time and would try and get the, you know, free shoes or try and, you know... How it, does that, yeah,
0: how does that work? Can you touch on that? Like the taking advantage of you part?
1: Well, I would... I had a, a lot of support, you know, from, from management and a lot of support from artists, but there's always people who are going to try and take advantage and they're always going to, you know, try and get the free shoe or try and not pay for something. And when you're on your own as a 13, 14 year old, it's hard to sort of be like, you know, put put your foot down and be like, no, yeah, yeah. you know, you sort of take it and you're like, oh, okay, like, what do I do? I'm in this environment with adults. You know, and as soon as my brother came in, he was like, "No, they're not taking advantage of you in this, that way. No, you're charging them for this. No, you need to put the right profit on this." And it was kind of difficult because I was like, "But I don't want to break relationships with people." But mm. it was it was a very necessary influence. But it's not a real relationship
0: have. if they're taking advantage of you anyway. Exactly. So, yeah.
1: Exactly. And I think that happens in in all forms of business and in all forms yeah. of life. Right. You need That's you need true. you need the right people around you. I'm sure you guys have it too. Yeah, the right the right sort of voice in your ear to be like you know pull you back sometimes be like hey remember this remember yeah, that yeah. so speaking, he really
0: came in at the right time speaking of profit is there like a, an industry standard kind of markup on when you on reselling sneakers and stuff like that mm. like how do you know how much to charge like what kind of markup do you even think about adding
1: it really varies on the product right it really, really varies on the product it depends on how much we get the product for um you know your markup on a on a piece of art for example now we're involved in art is a lot more than your markup on a shoe but you know some some shoes we may you know may cost less than than another shoe for example a shoe that costs two grand we may only make 100 pounds on because we only got it for a certain price and we can't overcharge our client and a shoe that you know cost 250 we got for a really really good price and we're able to make maybe 200 pounds on right okay so it really really varies and that's where it was really important that i educated myself on the business and you know built the contacts because then the more contacts we had that now we have very very strong suppliers all around the world you know in in the states and uh, mainland china and hong kong where we have offices as well um, we're able to offer much more competitive pricing to our clients
2: so let's say someone because i'm guessing you now it sounds like you're more of a full end-to-end concierge business as opposed to just a sneaker sneaker business yeah is that fair? yeah <laughs> you know, with like art vehicles watches everything like that just and to the clarify sneakers, that the
1: sneakers introduced us to So without the without sneaker plug we wouldn't we would never have been introduced yeah yeah, yeah. Introduced. yeah so
0: to clarify that is pastor and co so sneaker plug was when you were just doing sneakers now your new business pastor and co is the full spec concierge service where, yeah. you, where you do everything yeah
2: so if someone comes to you and says i'm looking to get this particular watch how do you actually go about sourcing that and making a profit on
1: it we're very very lucky to have very strong suppliers um are these, so we, are these
2: like retailers that you're going to directly or are these like
1: not the really resellers not, that you're the, relationships with? it's mostly it's mostly we have we have suppliers that aren't that aren't the the it's it's so difficult it's i sort of gave up after the camping out and stuff like that i gave okay. up going directly to the store i just built relationships with people who had relationships with other people and okay other people and relationships with the stores and you know it was like okay let's work out a deal i need this i have the client can you get this and then that's sort of how i built the relationships. Like, we don't really get the product from the stores it's it's a bit of a headache and we wouldn't be able to get the amount of products we do get if we only got you know our products from from the stores yeah so we have very very strong suppliers all around the world um and there's not really one place we get all products yeah. from we get we can get anything it may take you know one day it may take a month it may take a year but we can get it and the correct answer to how we get the products that we get is you know we get it from whoever's got it okay. if you know it may be a one-of-one one, you know watch or maybe a, you know maybe a vehicle that's limited to 350 you know in production we will find it it may be a you know off-market you know mm. a piece of art or a, you know very rare diamond but if someone's selling it we'll we'll find it and do you
2: buy that or do you just connect the buyer and seller together and take a cut
1: well we we have the clients and then the clients will we'll offer products to our clients just like we have always with the celebrities for example we'd you know if we like to influence our clients in a way we like to introduce our clients to things they may not have seen before they may not know that they liked previously but we also really encourage our clients to request because I love to go and find stuff. I love to do that. I love the challenge. You know, the harder it is to find, you know, the better. I love to sort of prove, prove our clients wrong, uh, you know, in a way sort of prove them why we're different from, Mm. from everyone else. They're
0: like, I mean, I'd love this, but you're never going to find that. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you'll see, you'll see,
1: you know, I'll give an example. We had a client, um, asking for a, a collaboration between these uh, Brazilian brothers. Uh, they make a luxury furniture called Studio Campana. And they did a collaboration with Fendi. And it's a chair. It's called the Armchair of a Thousand Eyes. And there's only 25 made in the world. It was produced in 2009, only sold to Fendi VIP clients. And okay. so most clients who bought the chair, they're not going to sell it. We had a client uh, ask for the chair and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I felt like, Wow, am I ever going to find this? It took six months, and eventually, we found the chair from off, an off-market, you know, private uh, art collector who wasn't even listing the chair for sale, and was like, he, he was actually in Beijing, and said, "I'll sell the chair for the right price." And eventually, after six months, we got it. So that oh, wow. really, wow. you know, reinstated to me. Okay. Wait, don't give up. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. even if it takes six months, yeah. a year, never tell a client. I never tell a client no if they say what, so you can't get this, I'll be like, we can't get it right now, but we will get it. Don't I worry. I love that. Never tell a I hate no. saying no. Yeah, I yeah, hate yeah, saying yeah, no, yeah. because I sort of think as a consumer as well, I don't, you know, I don't really want to be told no. I'd rather, you know, someone tell me, just hold tight. If you don't find it, I'll find it. Don't worry. And is it a thing where like the money, so let's say,
0: um, let's say, for example, Skeet wants that chair, right? And he goes to you and he says, I want this chair. And you go, okay You find me, I've got the chair. Is it a thing where now, let's say the chair costs a million pounds, Skeeth pays you a million, you then give me the million, or, you know, minus your markup or whatever it is. Or is it a case where he pays me for the chair and then I pay you a fee or whatever it is? How does the actual
1: structure of the deal work? we work with our suppliers, but our suppliers are separate from our our clients. So we have a relationship with our suppliers and a relationship with our, our clients. That's separate. So... If you as as our client requests a product from me, I'll go and find that product if I don't have it, and I'll give you the price for that product. You pay me, and I will sort out the rest. We sort out. We'll deal with the logistics. We'll deal with the supplier. We'll then pay our supplier and deli- hand deliver it or you know ship it to wherever you are. Right. Uh, you know anywhere you are in the world. We have clients all the way from South America to you know Africa in the middle east and uh, uh asia and australia
2: and do you have warranties on anything that you sell i'm guessing
1: it depends depends on the product okay depends really really depends i mean that's the nature of our business especially now that we're you know we we sell basically anything there's nothing a client can't request from us you know whether it's an you know off-market piece of art you know you know very rare diamond or you know very rare watch all the way down to the sneakers there's nothing that we can't get but it really really varies it's, it's it's really hard very quite hard question to answer because yeah maybe a oh, patek philippe watch may have a, a you know a warranty on it but you know uh you know leonardo da vinci uh you know painting that's 500 600 years old <sighs> won't have a warranty on it but it will come with the you know the authenticity and can you say what the craziest thing you ever sold is the craziest the so far the craziest thing we've sold uh was a Porsche uh, 911 GT3. That's, that's the craziest Damn. thing we sold so far. And how much did that sell for? Uh, about £250,000. Wow. Was that the most expensive thing you've sold? Not the most expensive. The most expensive thing we sold was a, was a Picasso. You sold a Picasso? Picasso. An off-market Picasso uh, for a, f- a few million. <laughs> yeah, a few million. That's insane. And like, what?
2: I'm curious, like, that we on the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sold a Picasso like,
1: <laughs> on the other side of that. But that was a Picasso that wasn't even. It's it's so interesting because we didn't even know about that, yeah. that Picasso because if you look up uh, the, the Picasso that we sold, it doesn't come up online. It's it's off market. Wow. And that was a, a private a private um, collector selling that. Okay. That's wild. What
2: have you learned from the clients that you work with? Because I'm assuming then to be able to spend that kind of money on art, you're obviously in a very very fortunate position or wealthy position. Like, what have you learned from the clients that you work with?
1: we've learned that every client has a different way of spending every culture is different we we deal with it uh, you know we have to deal with clients from all around yeah. the world so we you know we find it very important to have a, a strong understanding of their culture to have a strong understanding of who they are because everyone has a different you know everyone have diff- has different personalities everyone you know. Some clients want to have close relationships with you. Some clients just want to buy one thing, and they want to come back to you when they want something else. Other clients want to build build friendships with you. So something that we've learned is to have a real respect for you know cultural you know lifestyles and and how our different clients want to spend. And uh, also something very important that we learned about our clients is is having patient patience with our clients and understanding that no matter how wealthy a client is you know, they've worked hard for that money that they've earned and they all work in different industries and Mm. they, you know, they have earned their money in different ways. They may, you know, own a business like we do or they may be an athlete or, you know, anything else. I think it's very important that we understand how they feel and how they want to spend their money and how comfortable they are with us.
0: What percentage of your clients would you say is is kind of repeat business as opposed to someone who, some random person who finds you he's like hey i've got a real hankering for this painting i want this painting you get in the painting and they're like okay cheers as opposed to someone who's like you know
1: they they repeat i'd say most of our clients are uh, repeat business right that's very very important to us very important to us to you know build relationships with our clients and to have a long-term relationship with our clients we we want clients who are still you know still have a relationship with us in 20 years from now Mm you know if a client just wants to buy one thing and and you know go elsewhere then that's completely fine they're free to do that and you know we'll encourage them to come back to us and we'll you know be there for them whenever they need anything but you know it's very important for us that we build long-term relationships with our clients and
0: in this kind of industry is it a case where excuse me is it a case where you have like you know 50 clients or 500 clients or what kind of is the uh, kind of size of clients
1: would you say we we don't now that now that we have pastor and co now that we're working with pastor and co we don't need to be a you know you know publicly you know listed company you know it's it's better that we have you know a few hundred clients that we can really really focus on and really build relationships with than be a massive company that sort of loses control because when i think when a company you know gets too big sometimes companies get too big yeah And they lose, you know, the quality control. For example, Mm. you could look at McDonald's. Okay, McDonald's is huge. People love McDonald's. And it's bigger than it's ever been. But the quality of McDonald's was much, much better when it was starting out in the 1950s. You know, it it was much... To me, I, I, would, I would I've watched the film. On I was going to say, yeah.
0: the
2: founder,
1: the yeah, founder about the founder. Such a yeah. great film,
0: and that's what they were scared of, right? They were scared of the whole. Oh, we don't want to
1: franchise. If we franchise, we lose quality. Yeah, uh, well, a good example I could give relating to McDonald's uh, is In and Out. Have you ever had an In and Out? I have. I, I really not. want to try it. I've heard it's, it's so really good. good. I've heard it's insane. It's not publicly listed. The company, right? It's still a private company. They they don't want to, you know, the it's this. I think it's the grand the grandchild. Of the of the founder still owns the company wow. and they s- only operate in a few states in the US and it's really really good yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. queues every time you go no matter when you're queuing up yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's so popular wow. and that's because it hasn't become too big that yeah. they've lost that quality mm. whereas McDonald's is on every corner that you go to okay they're massive and that's great and people love it but we I'd sort of you know I take inspiration from things like the founder and from even the companies that don't relate to our business, you know, because it's not, you know, in and out isn't a, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. online luxury, fashion platform or, you yeah. know, but we don't want our company to get too big because we don't want to lose, you know, the quality of our company. We We really, it's really important that we, you know, keep the, the highest level of service that we can for our clients because we're selling very very high high value products when it comes to actually acquiring clients i think that's something that people would be
0: quite interested in because i mean in this kind of business let's say someone does want to start a concierge type business how do you even go about getting in touch with someone who's an ultra high net worth who they probably are, i'm guessing ultra high net worth individuals the kind of people yeah that are, you know spending but that, 250 but grand. not
1: strictly not not we don't only strictly work with high net worth individuals right you know you you could love you know luxury fashion and not be a billionaire you could love you know luxury brands you could love sneakers and not be a billionaire it's we don't strictly work with you know ultra high net worth individuals we work with ultra high net high net worth individuals we work with royal families and and uh, you know basketball stars and footballers but we don't turn our nose up at anyone We, we, we welcome business from anyone and that's why Sneaker plug is so important because we have, you know, products all the way down from sneakers all the way up to pieces of art. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we we would never, you know, turn up our nose at anyone. It's really important that we have relationships with with, with everyone.
2: I was going to say on that, I mean, why would someone, if they didn't know you, why would someone use you as opposed to going to another... Concierge style business. I mean we had like Adam Abraham on here for example from love luxury. who's very in a similar position Why would someone go to you versus that other person bar obviously being referred to you or having an existing relationship?
1: It's a good question. I think the best answer to that is the the experience we have not just the experience we have uh, But also the kind of products that we have access to we have access to products that no one else has access to in the world We have access to da Vinci paintings, you know, to Caravaggio paintings, Picasso's like I said, um, you know, the third oldest surviving Aston Martin in the world. It's nineteen twenty two. Aston Martin. How much is that going for? Uh around eight million, I believe. Do you wanna you, um, you, you know, get you get this yeah, one? I'll get the next one. So it's it's really you know, something that's very, very uh, you know, that shows why we're different to other other uh, okay. competitors. You know, I I don't really see anyone as competitors. I see them as, as people who sort of drive us so drive us further, right? It's it's yeah, important yeah, yeah. to have people that drive you further because they push they push you to push your own boundaries. Um, but the products that we have access to, the products that we sell, you know, we have we have access to some of the rarest products in the world mm-hmm. that other people don't have access to.
0: As we start to wrap up, I'm just curious to know where do you see pastor and co going i mean i, sp- I suppose and sneaker plug but i know that pastor and co obviously since we've been speaking i know that you've got a lot of stuff planned for that and a lot of big things happening now so kind of you know in the next couple of years what do you what do you see happening
1: it's a good question i i, fe- I felt like you would ask this question too
0: because i know that i've been speaking to you and i've been speaking to your dad and so i know some of the exciting things that you've got coming up but i'm yeah. also curious n- not only for you to touch on that for the audience but also anything else that might be coming up or that you have that you would like to achieve that hasn't happened yet
1: well something something that it's 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 still in a bit of a process but we're we're now approved uh supplies for the royal commission of Alula uh uh, in saudi arabia it's just it's an ancient city in saudi arabia and one of the mega projects as part of saudi arabia's 2030 um vision um so you may have seen the line in saudi arabia and they have a a new ski resort that they're building uh called uh, i think it's called Trojan. And they've won the bid for the 2030 Winter Olympics there. Okay. Um. So we are now official suppliers of um for the Royal Commission of that's Alula, crazy. which is wow. very very exciting. So that's something. Congratulations, we're, bro. Thank you. That's something we're really really focused on. Something we're very very interested in because the the market in the Middle East is huge. I think I think Saudi Arabia, you know, UAE, Qatar, they're, they're the next. You know, they're progressing so fast, and that's so, you know so at such a big scale mm. that's that's a big target for us but also to just just keep you know growing relationships with our clients and keep pushing the boundaries and and uh keep keep challenging ourselves and keep proving proving our clients wrong a bit maybe of yeah, the yeah. kind of products that we can get and just progressing i think the most important thing for us as, as a as a as a business is we always think long term but this, maybe the short-term goal is as long as the business is progressing as long as we're always moving forward then you know that that's that's the best that i could hope for for the company because you never know what's going to happen right it, you know a good mentality, life, life throws yeah. things at you that you don't expect so as long as the business is progressing and we're growing then then maybe i'm not content because i don't i'm not sure I'd, i'll ever be content because i me and me and solomon we we really like to push ourselves but that's probably the, the best answer i can give that's a know. that's a great
0: answer man um bro this has been such an insane conversation um i would like to round off with the same question we ask at the end of every episode which is uh for anyone watching who might want to start a business of their own if you could give someone one piece of practical actionable advice what would that be so less on the side of uh you know work hard believe in yourself more on the side of something actually
1: tangible that they can implement a bit bit of sauce (laughs) well i I was going to say because something that i've really really learned is is uh, of course an obvious thing to say would be self-belief but persistence never ever ever give up i mean i know it's it sounds like the cliche but it's true you know i look up to people like jimmy iveen you know he was he hated school himself like me I, i it just wasn't for me and he's you know the founder of beats by dr dre alongside dr dre and you know he's responsible for some of the biggest music artists you know careers being mm. as big as as big mm. as they are that we know today probably one of the most important people in music ever exactly yeah and you know if you haven't watched defiant ones I, the defiant ones Amazing. i'd really really recommend it because that's one of the most inspirational things mm. that i've ever watched and it's it's to never it's really especially in such a competitive world now is yes the world is as competitive as ever but there's more doors open than ever it's you know it's not impossible to achieve anything i think i think any, anything is achievable as long as you persist as long as you don't take your failures as failures you take them as lessons and you never ever ever give up and i know that's really a cliche but it's definitely something i've learned and something i will continue to do if there's something if there's something i've learned in my business is we've been in spots in our business where we could have we could have given up we could have stopped and we didn't and we're better because of it so that's probably the best answer I could give to that. I love that man. I hope yeah. it's I hope it's I hope it's a it's the
0: right answer. There, answer there is no right or wrong for. answer. That was a great answer, man. Um Levi, thank you so much for doing this, man. I mean, honestly, uh, obviously I've spoken to you off camera, but like you're a tremendously passionate, hard working person. You're a fantastic communicator, and the fact that you've achieved everything that you have by twenty one is honestly nuts. nuts. It's insane. <laughs> thank you, thank you guys. Yeah, and thank uh you, Dude, you're going to be... It's uh, just the start, hopefully. That's what I'm saying, man. You're going to be an absolute force. You are going to absolutely smash it as life goes on. Uh, and I can't wait to you know see everything that unfolds for you, man. But I'm so proud of you, dude. It's fucking awesome to see you do this stuff. And, uh, and thank you for coming on the show, dude. Um, where can people find you in camera three over there? Uh,
1: You can find us on pastorenco.com and sneakerplugofficial.com. Spell that out for them just so they know. Pastorenco.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-A-N-D-C-O.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-A-N-D-C-O.com and sneakerplugofficial.com s n e a k e r p l u g o f f i c i a l. s-n-e-a-k-e-r-p-l-u-g-o-f-f-i-c-i-a-l.com amazing and on social media pastor and co and uh sneakerplug uk thank you guys amazing. so much thank you for having amazing. me Thanks, Thanks. For having this is your back, first honestly. podcast yeah, yeah right. it was my first we podcast. took your yeah, podcast virginity yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baby great to talk to you guys <laughs> yeah. Nah, it was awesome
0: man thank you so much for coming on um Guys, what an insane episode. That was ridiculous. I'm going to talk directly into that camera. That was insane. Uh, If you enjoyed the episode, please do hit the like button because it really, really helps with engagement. It helps us get even more guests on, uh, amazing guests like Levi. But please make sure to subscribe and also turn on post notifications as well. This has been such an awesome conversation. Um, Thank you again, Levi. Thank you guys for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Take care. Thank
1: you, guys. Thank you.